Coming up on Studios America, Jonathan Dunn reminds us how great this country still is when you're looking at it from the outside. We should all heed this reminder. I find myself in agreement with AOC, which is something I'll have to cover with my therapist this weekend. And why aren't we seeing conservative media jumping to connect this weekend's tragedy in Wisconsin to Kyle Rittenhouse? I'll answer that in three easy steps as we do the left's rush to judgment. Stu does America. Well, a really disgusting event uh, in Wisconsin this weekend where a, a man traveled down a parade route at high speeds in a red SUV and just started knocking people over and running them over. Um, there's a lot of footage out there. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but let me give you the latest uh, of what we know. Um, the police department said uh, early in a statement today, the casualty number numbers may change, noting that many people have trans uh, self-transported to area hospitals following the incident, but they believe at least five people are dead, uh, 40 injured. Um, we know that a police officer uh, shot at the car to try to stop it at one point, but we uh, was not able to. Uh, and they did, however, get a suspect in custody. Let me tell you a little bit about this person. This is... Um, Really disturbing, uh, but he's been questioned by police. His name is Daryl Brooks. Now, he has a bit of a criminal history. This is going to surprise you. Uh, he uh, has a long rap sheet, number of pending cases. Uh, he was most recently in court on November 5th, which was, I mean, several weeks ago. Can you stay out of court for several weeks? I know it's hard for me. Maybe others are able to do it, but he was uh, just a few weeks ago for uh, reckless endangerment, battery, domestic abuse, resisting arrest, and bail jumping. He was out on $1,000 bail for those charges at the time of the attack. That's pretty important detail to the story. We'll come back to it in a minute. In July 2020, police charged him with three other felonies, including reckless endangerment and being a felon in possession of a firearm. He's also listed as a Tier 2 registered sex offender in Nevada. And, you know, you always want to go for the gold, but sometimes you only end up as a tier two sexual offender in Nevada. A background check from Wisconsin's Department of Justice came back with over 50 pages of charges against Brooks stretching back decades. 50 pages of charges. What is the number? What's the max we should allow? Should it be 49 pages? of charges. Maybe when you run into 50 charges, pages of charges, they keep you in prison for a while. Maybe they don't let you out on a thousand dollars bond. Anyway, 50 pages of charges that go back to uh, 1999. He received his first felony conviction for taking part in aggravated battery, which he received three years of probation. He was uh, convicted of obstructing an officer in 2005 and 2003. In 2002, he had another felony marijuana charge. 2010, he pleaded no guilty uh, or no, no contest to felony strangulation charges. 2012, he pleaded uh, guilty to misdemeanor bail jumping and marijuana charges. And a year earlier, he pleaded guilty to felony marijuana charges and resisting arrest and on and on and on and on. Also appeared in music videos under the pseudonym Math Boy Fly. Now, I should point out, because you might be like, well, math boy fly, that sounds interesting. Maybe he's interested in, uh, in academics. I mean, math sounds interesting. No. Uh, in fact, he actually even spelled boy wrong, B-O-I. It's the old B-O-I version of math boy fly. So 
allegedly, the person who did this is not exactly a good uh, person. And I think, interestingly enough, the this this sort of stuff sets off a lot of different. Um, it sets off a mental process in most people. The first, of course, is just rage. You know, you you, you see, you listen to some of the accounts of this, and you have a an SUV traveling down a parade route where children are playing jingle bells. And this this guy's running them over. Uh, your first uh, your first instinct is just to be angry and then really sad and and you, you have to sit back and wonder how on earth our society got to this point. I mean, I have little kids. We go to Christmas parades every year. We go we went to a Christmas event this weekend. And the Christmas event was was awesome. It was wonderful. Um, but here, the same experience for kids up in Wisconsin turned into this. And I, how does that happen? It just feels like our society is crumbling in front of our eyes. And that's not entirely the wrong instinct to have, I should be clear. Um, now, there is some, there was, there's this thing where you kind of jump to, I don't want to say jump to conclusions, but like things pop to, through your minds right away, right? Uh, first of all, we just had the Rittenhouse uh, trial uh, get announced on Friday. So two days later, um, in the same state, you know, it's like an hour away, but still in the same state, this happens. And th- there's an instinct, I think, initially to think, is this have, does this have something to do with the Rittenhouse verdict? Is this some aggravated person who wanted to get revenge on the state and, and, the, and the people in the crowd for whatever demented reason that that could be? Could be that. We don't know. Um, we will give you all the information as it, as it becomes available. On the other side, you know, this, this tactic in particular of running down people at crowded festivals is obviously a hallmark of Islamic extremist attacks. Uh, so that runs through your mind. Is it something to do with that outcome? Then you get to the point where you think, well, maybe this is just a crazy person. You're seeing, you know, we talked to Michael Schellenberger a few weeks ago who, about his book, uh, San Francisco, where he went through the real problem here is mental illness and drug use. And it could it just be a crazy person. What could it be? You can speculate all night long. You could think about all of these things and, and try to figure them out. But like, that's not always the best way to go about these things. And I think what you saw on the left with Kyle Rittenhouse uh, is the opposite of what you're seeing here from conservatives on this incident. And I find that to be um, illustrative of a really big problem in our society. If you think about how the Kyle Rittenhouse thing goes down, the left has this preconceived notion that people with guns are bad, that generally speaking, white people, especially white men, are bad. And if you're at a, a left-wing rally and you're shooting people, you're obviously a murderer, you're obviously a white supremacist, you're obviously in the Proud Boys, or whatever the situation is, and they apply that narrative to day one and they carry it throughout the trial. They carry it past the video. They don't let any of the facts deter them from the ending point they determined on day one. And that is not the way you're supposed to do this. And when I say this, I mean civilization. It's not the way you're supposed to do civilization. They did that when, you know, back in the day when they had kings and they'd lop people's heads off. We were supposed to be a little bit evolved past that. We have a constitution in place that absolutely puts strong favor on the side of the accused. And there's a reason for that. Because we realize every time it goes the opposite way, we get out of control. 
So am I saying, oh, well, we shouldn't think about this particular incident? We shouldn't, we shouldn't go after this guy? No, of course you should. We should prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law, as we always, always should in incidents like this. And, you know, to go back to his 50, 50 freaking pages of charges, it, it does seem to be that maybe we have a little problem when it comes to repeat offenders. Again, you look at the, 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 the studies on this over and over again. There are not a lot of ways to stop people from committing crimes when they decide to do it. If, I mean, you think about how many festivals went on this weekend, thousands, any one of them, this could have occurred. And how would you have stopped it? Yes, at some level, if you're really going to spend the money, you might be able to put a certain amount of barriers up that could stop it. But the average town is not going to be able to afford that. Uh, And the security, there's only so much you can do, frankly. Really, there's only so much you can do. We live in a society where we trust our fellow citizens to not run us over at Christmas parades. This isn't a high hurdle to clear here, but it is one that apparently needs to be restated occasionally. And there's only so much you can do. When you walk into any grocery store, you are implicitly trusting everyone in there to not shoot you, to not stab you, to not light the building on fire, to do all these things that they could do. Every restaurant you go into, they could poison you. They don't. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this. Obviously, it would be illegal and they would probably go to prison. But again, does this person really care? Honestly, at this point, he's been to prison nine million times. Secondarily, uh, you know, uh, we trust people because we know capitalism is a factor here. Businesses don't want to kill their own customers. They don't want to they don't want this stuff to happen. So people, generally speaking, take into account we live in a society. We are all sort of working together in a weird way to make society, you know, uh, a society that we want to live in. You know, we want to make it something that we can all enjoy and go about our lives and, and do these basic things that. 99.9% of people want to do. But then there's these people, people who go who get 50 pages of charges at some point between one and 50. Do you not make the decision that this person should not be out in society? At some point, do we not lock this person away for all time? Now, this was the theory behind something like three strike laws, which have fallen far out of popularity because they were apparently I don't know. They were punishing criminals that have a real following in Congress. I don't know what the reason is. Maybe three is not the right number, but it's certainly not 50 pages. So there is one way that one thing you can do to stop a lot of these incidents, which is the people who commit crimes over and over and over and over and over again and do not care at all about what laws you have on the books. Those people you can remove from society and you can put them in a place where they can't harm little children singing jingle bells. That's one thing we can do. Now, it's still early. And that, what I did, my rant there applies, generally speaking, to uh, all of these situations, any crime that occurs. There has to be some limit of what amount of crime we allow people to commit before we take them out of the, uh, the general population of our society where they can hurt people. There has to be some limit there. But backing off of that as well... There are things that happen as we go through uh, an incident like this, and we can learn from the left and what they blew when it came to Kyle Rittenhouse, which we can we can try to avoid the left's rush to judgment. Try to avoid some of these big steps that lead you in the wrong direction. So let's do that here. Let's go over a few of them. Number one, don't watch the footage. 
Now, you're, you might have noted here that I have not shown you any footage of this incident. You understand intellectually what occurred here, right? Guy wrote, drove a red SUV, threw a bunch of people. There were several videos taken of this. Um, you can find them on the internet if you wish. And I would not encourage you to do so, um, but you can. Number one, I think it gives you a really dark impression of the world and one that is darker than reality. As I said, I went to a Christmas uh, event this weekend and it was great. And thousands and thousands of places all around the country, no one ran people over. People had a wonderful celebration of the holiday season. And you have to remember that that is reality. You know, sometimes I think we watch uh, cable news, we get in these you know, weird internet circles, and we're constantly watching despair and terror and awful things happening to people. And those things do happen. But again, they've happened forever. We didn't always have video of them. I don't need to watch every single fight where uh, you know, a bunch of high school kids are beating the crap out of one kid who's laying on the ground to know what it is. Uh, that, that, we don't need to necessarily fill our heads with that. Beyond that, it, if you do fill your head with it, you will probably feel a real strong feeling of despair. Um, but you will also feel a really strong feeling of anger. And it will probably elicit you to want to post whatever the worst thing in your head is. Because you know what? When you think about innocent children potentially dying, that's a pretty rational response to it, Um, especially when it's visceral and you've seen it occur. I don't want to fill my head with that, and I don't think it necessarily leads to the the most sober and analytical uh, approach uh, to understanding how these cases go. And this is how, frankly, this is a lot of the stuff that led to the left blowing it on Rittenhouse. They saw a white guy with a gun, they saw people getting shot, and they just said, screw it, this is a white supremacist with no information. Let's be the ones who are above that. And so what? So, so far, that's what I've seen from conservatives. You know, this is one of those things we talk about spending a lot. Spending, the, the, the left really wants to spend a lot of money. The right seemingly wants the, to spend just a little bit less. And they're both guilty of all sorts of problems when it comes to spending. This is a different situation. You're going to find a few odds and ends here, people who are taking this to the extreme and jumping to conclusions about this incident. But the same thing with Ahmad Arbery and, and several other cases. We seem to be looking at the actual facts as opposed to what the left is doing, which is just jumping to conclusions. So let's continue not doing that. That's the second one. Don't jump to conclusions. There's no reason to do that. We are the side that is based on fact. We are the side of this that is based on understanding what is really going on. And instead of just guessing, oh, we think it's Islamic extremism, we think it's tied to Kenosha, we think it's this or that, let's try to wait and understand. Some information is coming out now that this guy with his nine million legal problems and being out on bail two weeks ago apparently was involved in a knife fight somewhere else around town and was speeding around town trying to get away. Now, that does not, I'll be honest with you, it does not line up to what I've heard from witnesses who said that this guy was calmly driving at people as he was going down the road. So I don't know if that's true. It's what law enforcement sources are telling multiple outlets at this point. But instead of judging it now, let's look at the information as it comes in. There's no reason for us to be like them. We don't need to jump to conclusions. I'd rather get this stuff right. And when we get it right, and if this guy is the guy that's responsible for it, We need to punish him to the fullest extent of the law. I mean, I want to go beyond that, but unfortunately, we're limited by the Constitution. And finally, don't become what you hate. We we shouldn't go down this road. We shouldn't. A lot of times I think we get tempted to do it because 
the world feels like it's crumbling all around us. But we look at what they did to Kyle Rittenhouse and we say that was wrong and we're right on that point. But the same thing, we can't just start doing this in every case where we think we have, uh, uh, you know, the facts before the facts are in. It's important to make sure that we judge these things as we go. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is not because the conservative side of the argument needs a lesson to not become what they hate, to not jump to conclusions, to you know, avoid the emotions of watching the footage of an incident like that. It's not that we need those lessons. It's just to highlight how far the left has flung out of control here. This is commonplace. Every one of these incidents seems to be judged the same way, immediately and wrongly, in in an entirely stupid fashion. What we may have here may be an Islamic terrorist attack. We may find that out. They're saying at this point they don't have information backing it up. It may be uh, attached to Kenosha. Sure, it might. Right now they're saying they don't have information backing that up, but we will learn about this as we go forward. What we need to do is make sure that we don't become them because they suck and I don't want to be them. You know, a lot of people, I think, on our side of the argument, make a compelling case to say that we need to break some of these rules occasionally because we are on an unfair playing field. And I think there's something to that unfair playing field. I think that is true. But we just have to make sure we're not turning ourselves into the, the worst versions of who we want to be. You know, that, that is not, uh, that doesn't work either. This is a difficult situation. And when you see stuff like this happen, it, 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 it pushes you to a point where you just want to give up. You know, you just want to just turn everything off and never think about this stuff again. And you can't do that. You also don't have to swim in it constantly. There has to be some sort of medium. And I want you to think about this as you maybe go out to a Christmas event this weekend. You shouldn't be terrified that a car is going to come down uh, the road. That's probably not going to happen. But remember what you feel like at your event as opposed to what you're watching on some of these networks and the stuff that they're showing to you and the stuff that they're trying to convince you is real. It is real. And we do have to pay attention to it. But we also have to stop and, and remember that, you know, this country isn't as bad as sometimes the news networks make it out to be. I want to take a break and we'll come back with Jonathan Dunn. Jonathan is from Ireland and he went through the last couple of years, all of COVID, everything else, looking at us from a distance and uh, observing us. And he has a really interesting perspective, one you might not expect. We'll do that next. Sometimes you need to get outside the borders to understand what it's like here. And, you know, there are some places you go and it's really, really rough and ugly. And other places, there's some interesting things that are going on that you might want to take advantage of. And there's a new one that I've been talking about a little bit lately. It's it's Panama. Now, Panama is a place where a lot of American retirees and veterans are going uh, because you can live a really sweet life down there on very few dollars. You can live in luxury on $24,000 a year. You can pay 0% income tax. Your health care can be like $2,600 a year. It's you know low, low, low prices, and obviously it's beautiful there. Uh, you can also own a luxury beachfront front condo on pristine white sand for less than $120,000. It is known, you probably know this part, uh, the world's number one wealth protection 
Haven. So a lot of people like to check it out. Whether you're looking for a place to vacation, whether you're looking for a place to live maybe half the year, whatever, maybe you want to go down there full time. Um, a lot of people are doing this because they are seeing the kind of a unique um, uh, experience of what Panama can provide. Now, you can check this out. Uh, check out the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama from International Living. It's 100% free for the audience, and you can ha- go over there now at buypanamanow.com slash stew. Buypanamanow.com slash stew. Check it out. You can get your uh, free series on investing in Panama's Pacific Riviera today. Buypanamanow.com slash stew. I'm really happy to welcome Jonathan Dunn into the studio. He's the host of the excellent Freedom's Disciple podcast, which you should subscribe to if you aren't already here on The Blaze. Uh, Jonathan, it's been a long time, man. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, brother. How are you keeping? Really good, really good. Uh, you, of course, you, and some people, really uh, astute listeners, may detect a slight Irish accent. I know, right? It just uh, tends to stick out just a tad. Just a tad. Yeah. Um, you are, um, uh, you've been uh, in Ireland for the past couple of years. You've yes. gone, I mean, you, you were here visiting yes. on and off, trying to come here. Yes. You always uh, were able to give us a great vision of, of what America could be because you see it in its, in its, in its best light. Yes. Uh, but so far, it has not worked out for you to come immigrate here. We've been rooting for you this whole time. You're back in Ireland. The pandemic starts. What have your last two years been like? Oh, they've been crazy. So I've been trying to do this speaking tour. I'm over here doing 65 events in 85 days in 15 states. Wow. And I've had to cancel it four different times. And I've been annoying people. <laughs> it's just been crazy. And it's like, oh, wow. we're going to do it now. We, the, he might travel, might open under Trump. And then it wasn't. Then it might open then. Then Joe Biden gets in. It's going to open. It's going to open. And then I had to keep canceling it. And then I finally just had enough because I'm seeing what's happening. I'm seeing tyranny knocking at the door. So despite your southern border being wide open, how does Irish John have to get here? <laughs> he has to go to Turkey. Turkey and Isolate for 15 days, spending two and a half thousand dollars of his own money to get to Turkey to come over here uh, to fly direct. Wait, you had to isolate in Turkey? Yes. For 15 days? Yes. To come to America from Ireland? Yes. Despite your border being wide open. Turkey is the only way for a European or anyone to get into your country legally. Why is that? We, we, the travel ban. I would think we would be more welcoming of a very close uh, ally, right, yeah. rather than Turkey. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. It does not. And when I actually traveled here, the coronavirus rate per 100,000 was higher in Turkey than it was in Ireland. So I was <laughs> of actually... Course. Of course. Uh, it's, it's science, yeah. man. Um, but yeah, I had to come over. I had to isolate. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really scary because um, one of the reasons I had to... Yeah, I, did, I could have left the hotel room if I wanted to, but there was two things I was scared of. One was if uh, to get here, I had to take a COVID test three days before I flew. Mm-hmm. If I had a negative test, I could get on. If I had a positive test, I had to stay. But the second reason, and you'd love this, imagine being in Turkey. Yeah. Turkey's a great freedom-loving country, right? There's well, no yeah. problems in Turkey. No there was problems. never an Armenian genocide. There was no. never anything, right? None of that exists. If you get tested positive as a tourist in Turkey, you get to go to a government-run healthcare with no choice for 14 days, and you don't get out. So, do you think John left the hotel very much? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm staying. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I, I'll, I'll do the isolation. But then I got here and it's been worth it. It's been amazing to be here. So rewind a little bit to uh, February, March of 2020. Yes. You're in, I mean, you're going through the same thing we went through. Yes. Uh, just all of a sudden life is normal and all of a sudden it turns upside down. Tell, how, did, how did it kick in for you in Ireland? It just basically kicked in with we started learning who these doctors were and these men of science and yeah. everyone was just scared. And I think it was understandable. You know, I, I mm-hmm. one of my biggest faults over the last two years was I was very not freedom loving under the pandemic. I was at mm. the start. I didn't wasn't saying it's a good idea, but I was very silent on it because I was like 
this could actually legitimately kill like 40% of the people. Because you, you heard the fear. We were all Everybody at, at the, the thing. Yeah. And I, I, in hindsight, I should have been more, no, don't give the government this power. Mm. But I bought them it 15 days. It's only 15 days. Yeah. It'd be fine. Mm. And I should have read my own history that I've read so many times. Like, it's never just 15 days. It's never just this thing. But I was so unprecedented. And like, you don't want people dying. Um, but then literally it just came and it was 15 days to slow the spread. Then it was another couple of weeks. Then it was another month. Then it was just, this is just life. We can't ever go back. We, you know, when we get to this point, when we get vaccines, we'll, we'll start getting life. And then the vaccines came. Well, then it, when we get 50% of the people vaccinated, then 50% would happen. Well, then it's 60%, then it's 70%, then it's 80%, then it's kids. And it's just never, ever stopped. And the amazing thing is, and the message of hope is, and I know Americans don't really appreciate this, is there is still a rebellious independence streak in this country. There are people who are tired with the mask and are like, I'm just not wearing it. Yeah. It's amazing, like, the interaction. In Ireland, are still wearing masks. Like, just the mm. idea of someone, like, I suffer with depression, not being able to see someone's face and someone smile and interact with them. You don't have that in Ireland. You literally, all you see is a mask and you're, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I can't tell. Whereas over here, you get to talk to people, you shake people's hands. When you got on the set, you shake your hands. You would not do that in Ireland. Yeah. We went through the phase where it's unpatriotic to shake hands. You'll fist bump and then you'll elbow bump. And then we just went, yeah, we're just not touching. Just, you know, keep back there. <laughs> all right. um, we don't hug people. We don't have any interaction with people. It's very thing. And here's the scary thing. And I say it, the, why the American people are different. We have polls like you do over here and they monitor the temperature of the people. Since day one of COVID in Ireland, there's been a poll. Rate the government's performance. Has it done enough? Has it done too much or has it done too little? The independent streak of Ireland is zero. Constance, consistently since day one to this day, 20 to 25% of the people say the government has not done enough. What were the restrictions in Ireland? I could not go more than three miles from my house and I could leave for two legal reasons. One, exercise and walk the dog. And look at me, I was walking that oh, dog yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And secondly, was to go to approved store, which is always a big business, to get what they consider was an essential supply. Mm-hmm. When you have those restrictions and you have 25% of your people going, yeah, they haven't done enough. What do you want them to do? Yeah. And that's consistent. There's a rebellious streak in America. You don't have the mask mandates. And if you do, you're just like, you're not wearing them. You're not taking the vaccine. In some cases, whether you want to be pro-vaccine or not, you have this independent rebellious streak. Sure. People are just getting on with life. And it's amazing to be, as an outsider, to be back in this country, to see that and see people are just living their lives. They may be extra cautious. They mightn't be hugging people, but they're just living life. And it's so great to see. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you look at Europe generally. Um, I, I think at some level, uh, sort of conservative uh, analysis of the mm-hmm. pandemic in, in, in places like Sweden missed the mark a little bit because I, I don't think we took into account how much people just listen. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, Sweden, yeah, it's sure they don't have lots of restrictions, but people just there's social pressure to just conform to what the government recommends. There. Yes. Totally different attitude in the United States. Yes. But also the telltale. Like, so one of the things I always and it's happened in the last couple of administrations where I've heard Americans say, let's tell on your neighbor. No, you yeah. don't. That's what happens in Europe. So I've had people kind of go, mm. hey, do you see the neighbor across there? His mother, ca- this was a story, his mother called today. I'm like, yeah, and? She's not allowed to visit. She's, I know for a fact she lives more than three miles from his house. And by the way, he, she went inside to his house. If they're allowed to meet, they should be meeting in the front garden. I'm like, it's his mother. Yeah. Surely, no, we, well, I should tell. I, I think I should call the police now. I'm like, are you crazy? That's the crime? Of yeah. all the things you're worried about. But in America, I've heard this, some people starting to say, start turning, it's happened under Obama, remember where the things, it started happening under Biden. Don't tell on your neighbors. If you don't like what they're doing, guess what? Just be like, they're being reckless, I'm not going to go near them, I'm never going to talk to them, because it's a super spreader event. Sure. But mind your own business. Yeah. It used to be on your currency. Great little words. <laughs> yeah. mind, mind your, your business. Yeah. It's so powerful, right? It is. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting to talk to you because uh, you've always had such a great, uh, bright perspective of what America has been and 
what it can be. Yes. And I definitely feel over the past couple of years that optimism, that 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 shining city on the hill vision of what America is, is fading for not only just Americans in general, but even conservatives. I mean, yes, I, I think it we're, very much is. we're losing faith a little bit. Yes. In, in this experiment. Yes. Because, quite simply put, you're not teaching the narrative. Mm. Your story, and it is a story, is the best story man ever came together to, to write. And it is a success story. Just look at where we are right now in 2020. Look what we're doing right now. We're on TV, we're on an app called The Blaze Media, yeah. where people can watch anywhere around the world. You have two people with microphones, with suits, with glaring lights, with cameras, with TVs. This is a modern day tech phenomenon. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people who lived in the history of the world could never even dream of what we're having right now, let alone achieve it. It happened because of an idea. It's the best story ever written. But here's the sad thing, you've stopped telling that story. I'm doing all these speeches. You know the number one comment I get, no matter what state I go to, Republican or Democrat or moderate or purple? I loved what you say, but it's been so long since I've heard it. Mm. Why is that? Why have you stopped teaching your narrative? Because your story about your principles, there's a reason you changed the world. You're the greatest country that ever happened, but the idea is not making America great, it's making you exceptional again. Because you did things, you may hate what you did, but you did things that no other nation has ever done. You spoke about individual rights, you spoke about liberty, you talked about the idea of pursuing your happiness, that you have a right to keep the fruits of your own labor, and you have a right to be left alone and not be controlled by the government. This is the greatest story. There are so many stories in your nation that if you told right, you would spark the flame of liberty but you're not telling them. Mm. It's all political. It's left versus right, Trump yeah. versus never Trump. Biden is good, Biden is bad. Yes, the politics needs to be discussed, but you need to lay the foundation. And the foundation is the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But more importantly than that, it's the Declaration of Independence. And if you start telling these stories, you win because you solve every problem that you face right now. You know, it's interesting because we do tell the story of America these days, but it's a story of slavery. Yes. It's a story of oppression. Yes. It's a story of inequality. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things are now the narrative. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, crush, uh, homophobia. Yes. Uh, all of these things that, I mean, look, does that exist in this country? Yes, it in fact it exists in every country. Mm -hmm. And in fact, at much higher rates in most yes. cases. Um, but we are, our country, our media, seems to be invested in telling um, Americans that they suck, yep. that this, this, this country is a failure, mm -hmm. and all it does is hurt people. Yes. Uh, what narrative should we be teaching? So on that narrative alone, right, on the America's dark days, I think the sad thing about my friends on the political spectrum is my friends on the right tend to think America's awesome, America's great, blah, 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 mm -hmm. and it's, there's no bad. Mm -hmm. And the left seem to go, oh, America sucks, America's race, America's violent, there's no good. Mm -hmm. I think what you need to do is you need to tell the stories of the good things of the founding principles that we spoke about, but also share the dark days. You know what's sad for me? You know all the left who say all the blah, 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 to quote Greta Thunberg, racist, <laughs> evil, vile? Sure. I know that your dark days better than they do. So I will talk in my presentations about the Battle of Wounded Knee, where you murdered and slaughtered 250 Native Americans. I talk about Roe versus Wade. I talk about the Supreme Court cases of Homer Plessy versus Ferguson. I talk about Dred Scott. I talk about Korematsu versus the United States. Mm -hmm. And I share these. These are evil, vile, and racist stories. Do you know what the common denominator is? government. And the reason I say mm -hmm. embrace your history is this. If you share these stories and then say, hey, this is the fact. Yes, America's racist, but here's the case of them. Who in their right mind would then go, yeah, and this is what we need is more government. 
The case of, if you understand your history, is yeah. no, we, this is actually why government should never ever be that powerful. We need to stop governments. Yeah. And if we embrace those stories, the freedom narrative wins. Yeah, you know, and I, I come back to this, you know, race of, racism is collectivism. I mean, yes. it's just another, it's an idea, it's a collectivist idea. It, does, it doesn't make sense from an individualist mm -hmm. perspective to judge yeah. people by the, the color of their skin. Yeah. And so you see government put this into a force over and over again. You know, a government that is limited, a government that is uh, consistent with our founding, does not have the power yes. to implement these things. Yes. Um, we know that there were huge mistakes and it was not always applied uh, correctly back yes. in the day. We know that. Um, but we are, we've, we're in a different place now. And if we could get this through our heads that government shouldn't be the solution to all of our problems, it won't be the cause of all of our problems. Exactly. But also you're starting to see the American spirit wake up where you're starting to go, don't look for government to be the answer. You be the answer. You're seeing this with the, ca the ranchers. Mm. I saw, because I, you know, I, I do have major disagreements with a lot of conservatives. Remember the slaughterhouses. I heard conservatives go, we need to break that up. That's a monopoly. First of all, it's not a monopoly when there's four companies involved. That goes against the definition. Mm. But no, the answer isn't government to break it up. It's get ranchers getting raising 300 million and creating. Education is a problem in your country. Mm. You know, I heard you and Glenn talking about this week. It's an amazing story. Education is a problem. Stop looking for equity. Stop looking for the government to get involved. Go create the University of Austin. And that is what you're starting to do. Because here's the thing, your creators, your innovators, the best thing you can do is start innovating, creating again, and telling people, yes, there's problems. Yes, there's a lot of issues. But if you find a problem, go solve it yourself and don't look to the government. And that's what's starting to reawaken. And by the way, this is not a left message or a right message or a Republican message. This is an American message. And I think if you find this narrative, you will start solving every problem that you face. You're doing 65 events in 85 in days. 85 it's days. crazy. How do people find you and come see you? Well, it's, the, it's sadly, it's at the end of the tour now because I've been here since September. I'm only, if you follow me on social media, Freedom's Disciple, okay. I'm in Texas this week and next, and then I have a couple of more events in Pennsylvania, and then I'm done for this tour, but I'll be living here in 2022. I'm going to get my American dream. Yes. I found the American dream, but also only in America. If you want a message of hope, I've been trying for uh, 17 years to get here. I've done five speaking tours. I've done all these shows. I went all in on this tour, invested my life savings for this tour to make this happen. And I finally, it was like, something has to happen, God. We have to, there's no other option. Mm. And I found not only the dream girl, I'm getting married to her, but I get the American dream and the dream girl. Only in America can that happen. And that's something you need to remember. There is a power in your country. That is an awesome story. I'm oh. so excited for you. I'm so excited you're going to be here, be an American with us. We welcome you with open arms. And I will be all in on the front line fighting with each and every one of you sharing your narrative. I know that is true. Uh, Jonathan Dunn, um, Freedom's Disciple is the podcast he does here with, with The Blaze. I've uh, been doing it for a while. It's one that you want to make sure that if you want to have an inspiring message and remember what it is to be in the greatest country on earth, it's a great one to listen to. Jonathan, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, brother. Let's say you've been trying to immigrate to America for, I don't know, almost 20 years. And now you're going to be moving here. You might need to have a place to live. You're going to have to find a home. You're going to have to find a great real estate agent. That's where you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Jonathan, you got to try this out. We're talking realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn started this company how many years ago now to find the best real estate agents in any area you're going to, no matter where you're going to live, that's where you can go. Find a great real estate agent, find the best area for you, and find uh, you know the person you can trust to bring you through the most important financial transaction of your life. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Get more information now at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So, a little Andrew Cuomo update for you. Uh, the State Assembly's investigation into Cuomo 
has found has been released here. Um, it was compiled by lawyers from Davis Polk and Wardwell LLP. And they basically had this idea that they should look into all the crazy crap that Andrew Cuomo was doing, or at least some of it, not all of it. There's lots of stuff that we've talked about that they didn't cover. Um, but they did, this started in March 2021. Judiciary Committee was charged by uh, Speaker Carl Hasty with determining whether evidence existed to support a finding that the governor had engaged in acts that constituted serious and corrupt conduct in office and that may have justified articles of impeachment. Now, of course, we know eventually Cuomo stepped down, but this report uh, went forward and uh, they were, there was a rumor that they were going to try to keep this uh, locked up behind closed door. Ah, he already stepped down. We need to look at it. Uh, well, luckily, we do have uh, the details on this now. The detailed report concluded that the governor engaged in multiple instances of sexual harassment, including by creating hostile work environments and engaging in sexual misconduct. The report also says Cuomo used state resources and property, including work by executive chamber staff, to write, publish, and promote his book, a project for which he was guaranteed at least $5.2 million in personal profit. And we should pause there for a moment and recognize, isn't it a surprise the book industry is failing? Somebody decided, you know what we should do? We should pay Andrew Cuomo $5.2 million for his book. The book industry is failing. It's a shocker. Finally, and this is, of course, the last thing mentioned at the very end of the article. Finally, the report concluded that the former governor was not fully transparent regarding the number of nursing home residents who died of COVID-19. And honestly, like, you know, a lot of focus has gone to the fact that he hid and lied about these numbers, which, of course, is true, but also sort of secondary to, you know, killing all the people. Just, that's just my personal order of priorities. Bad that he didn't report the data. Worse that he's basically responsible for a lot of people dying because he guaranteed the import of COVID-positive patients into nursing homes around the most vulnerable in non-private rooms that weren't well ventilated. So that part is really bad to me. And then like the reporting on the data is also bad, but not as bad as the actual killing. So it's up to you how you order those priorities. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. Maybe you'd like a dessert. I don't know. That doesn't fill you up with tons of calories and sugar. Look, it's on Thanksgiving. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. But I will say, uh, Bilt Bar is a great way to, I don't know, bounce back. You ever have those situations around the holidays, you have that connected sort of uh, situation where you have Thanksgiving, kind of leads into Christmas parties, and then Christmas, and then New Year's, and then, well, you're only a month away from the Super Bowl, and, you know, all that kind of runs together, and then you're like, wow, I have been off my diet for six months. Who knew? Built Bars can help you actually indulge in something that you love. Chocolate, real chocolate, great flavors. And we're only talking about 130 calories and four grams of sugar. Tons of protein, tons of fiber. Uh, you're going to love these things, and it will help you bounce back from the holidays in, in a way that will make you proud of yourself for once. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code Stu15 to save 15% off your first order. Check the site often. They have new limited-time flavors. They're arriving all the time. There's some new... 
one of their puff flavors that my wife got the other day. She loved it. I'll get the details on this and give it to you next time. But use the promo code STU15. Save 15% off at Built.com. Ask them about the new puff flavor. They'll know what it is. They're the company. Built.com. The promo code is STU15. So we're in the middle of a merch war here at Blaze TV. Yes, the merch war has been launched. This is uh, it's a very disturbing disturbing thing. Basically, we all have our little codes for you to buy some merch for the Christmas holiday. You get 20% off, so you're going to win in this merch war. Usually, um, I believe, there was a great philosopher who said, uh, war, good God, y'all, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And that's not true, because you're getting 20% off. So it is good for something. Uh, 20% off. Use the code STU20 to get 20% off all of the merch, including, I wore this on radio today. You can check it out. It's a Santifa Claus, uh, sort of ugly sweater type of thing. We got another one. Uh, the new one for this year is Christmas re-education training with Santifa Claus on, front, on the front of it. Uh, CRT, Christmas re-education training. You go there, uh, christmasreeducationtraining.com. You'll see that uh, shirt. We have the, uh, this one here. It's not a riot. It's just a mostly peaceful tree, tree lighting. I like to take a sip of hot chocolate every time the left burns down a city out of that mug. It's fantastic. And you're going to be drinking a lot of hot chocolate. So stewdoesmerch.com. Promo code is STEW20. Help me win the merch war. Okay, before we go, um, let me give you this about... Because uh, I, I, I gave you an optimistic case here. You know, maybe you're going to a Christmas uh, event this weekend and, and you're loving it. And you're thinking to yourself, well, this is different than what I see in the news. And, you know, it's true. A lot of these cities are, do not represent how, how real life in America is. Uh, in fact, even sometimes in those cities, I was in Chicago and had a great weekend there um, uh, during the summer. It didn't feel like everyone was getting shot there. San Francisco might be the uh, exception to this rule, though. Here's San Francisco from this weekend. Watch. This is a bunch of cars have stopped all around a Nordstrom and blocked the roads around it so no one can get through. And then... Hundreds of people go in and ransack the Nordstrom and get out to their cars. Here it is. It's not broad daylight because it's night, but it's right in front of everybody. Everybody's seeing this go on. People just running out, pulling their stuff into their into their cars and then driving away. Now, of course, many people have pointed out that the way they've changed the rules in San Francisco make it so it's hard to get arrested for this type of stuff. So people are taking advantage of it as they usually do. So. Yes, your life might be fantastic, and maybe some of the darker things in America, we should stay away from um, embracing that this is the real America. But San Francisco, it, it just pretty much is that way. You can get the uh, greeting cards at stewdoesmerch.com. Promo code stew20, save 20%. The Taliban Joe is, of course, a classic. And as well as this one, you're doing life wrong. And we've been liking to fill these out to some politicians uh, that maybe you're doing life wrong or maybe sometimes aren't, like this one. Dear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I applaud you. I saw your comments from Sunday about holding Democratic votes hostage until passage of Biden's massive spending plan. And let me just say, you go, girl. <laughs> In this rare instance, your instincts are spot on, and we are completely on the same page. Don't you dare let those filthy moderates wreck your progressive agenda. Get all your squad gal pals to hold the line. It's like that time a bikini team protested the patriarchy by posing in the nude. <laughs> they sure taught us men a lesson that time. 
<laughs> and you should too, by, keep the bikini on, but uh, you should stop everything you're doing and the Dems are doing by teaching them a big fat lesson. It's the only way to get what you want. Keep up the good work. Stop everything the Democrats are doing for any reason you can come up with. And I'll see you at Christmas re-education training this holiday. Love, Stewie. See you tomorrow.